0: Help, I got a Mac podcast, episode number 94. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I am Chris Biding. We're here once again this week to talk all things Apple-related. That may be your MacBook, it may be your iMac, your Mac Mini, your non-existent, no longer, I sold it to somebody else, Apple TV, um, the iPhone, and I don't know, anything else that we can come up with. Somewhat technology-related, but still tie it into the show. Yeah, the, the Apple TV turned into my uh, DSi. So I understand that a certain <laughs> friend of mine has jailbroken their phone, non, went back to non-jailbroken, jailbroken, non-jailbroken, and s- went back to jailbreaking again.
1: Well, what, what I do, and, and your friend is me, uh, I'll say it. I don't care. I, I'm a proud jailbreaker. Yep. Um, w- what I do, though, is I update the, so- the system software as soon as it comes out because it fixes bugs and things like that. And they obviously don't have jailbreak break solutions ready for that yet now if i wait a few days i can get the uh, jailbroken version and and just make a new cuz what happens when you jailbreak it you apple makes available the software to download mhm and what you do is you down you find the link uh you download the software and then you use a tool to modify that download in such a way that you use that one to restore your phone with and um all all i really need to do is wait for the new tools to come out and then you know, download the iPhone update, patch it, and then restore it onto the phone, I'd be good to go.
0: But we've talked but, about this before, and the main drawback is customizing everything with your jailbroken settings, and every time this happens, you have to reconfigure everything.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a, a new app, though. Well, it's not new, but it, the, the update includes this feature now. It's called Rock Your iPhone. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to put on your phone, but once you do, it creates a profile, and it stores all your settings, all the the jailbroken apps you've downloaded. Every it kind of keeps track of all that stuff. And then when you when you load, let's say you have to re-jailbreak your phone, you load the app back on. You hit like a restore button, and it downloads all those packages you've downloaded, configures them all the way you had it, and you're good to go.
0: Well, that's good to hear. I mean, because that was my one big thing that it's like I'm not interested in this because you know I spend a lot of time getting the phone right where I want it. So this, yeah. So you're saying there's an app out there that that backs all that stuff up now.
1: Yeah, I don't know how good it works. We'll find out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that should no. be the guinea pig on that one. Yeah,
1: i i I really like I really like it because I, I I like the I should have bought that GV Mobile app when I had the chance and I didn't. And I really, really like that app because I use it as SMS. So you know, I always jailbreak it for that. I always jailbreak it also for a program called Backgrounder, which let which lets me. Uh, run, run apps in the background. I could be listening to Pandora or Slacker Radio and have to look at my calendar. Normally, I would kill that app. You know, My music would stop and I'd have to wait and go back into it and reload the app and start buffering the music. It's just a pain. You know, it's not really worth it. But if I hold in the, the, the home button for like a second or two, all of a sudden a little pop-up window comes up that says backgrounding enabled and then I can go do my things. I hit that Slacker button. It fires right back up. doesn't even load it because it's already running. Loads it right back up and then it turns off the background process. So if I close it again, like if I just hit the home button, it'll just close and and shut down. So I got that. And then I also, I just put a link um, in our chat room here of what my lock screen looks like. When I turn on my, when I hit the power button on my phone, you know how you normally like your battery icon or your wallpaper and it has slide unlock? Yep. Now I've got a calendar. I've got uh, time. The time looks different. I've got weather. um, If I've got any events happening, those are listed. If I have any SMS messages I haven't read yet, those are there. Emails, all that kind of stuff. And to me, I think that's, that's valuable. I think that's that's very useful. So
0: yeah. I'm, I'm, I just, you know, for me, that's something that is probably the most appealing. That and Google Voice. Uh, those are the two most um, appealing things about jailbreaking your phone. But I just, I'm just holding out. Hopefully Apple will release that. Or I may just go, you know, Google Android one day.
1: Well, that's the thing. If, if they release a, the GV app proper and they also do something cool with that lock screen, then I'll have no reason, really. I mean, the backgrounding stuff's cool, but it's, it's not the only reason I jailbreak. Right.
0: Hey, I, we normally start the, the week off with the news, but I'd like to jump in and uh, go to some feedback, if you don't mind. And I'm really excited because Brad called in this week and he actually has a Mac question sure we haven't had a mac question for a long time people sometimes people say what is this this week an iphone and It's like no 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 but uh yeah, iphone hey, is a mac it is a mac it is absolutely it's apple brand product but uh this one is a hardcore uh mac question and uh let's see if chris can answer this one take it away Do brad
2: it. hey cliff hey chris this is alaska brad calling in for help i got a mac Guys, I am going to be replacing my internal hard drive on my black MacBook. I have a 120-gigabyte hard drive in it at this moment uh, with 10 gigabytes of usable space, which makes the computer sluggish trying to find that 10 gigs to write to. I'm upgrading to a 320-gigabyte hard drive and uh, surfing the forums and uh, the how-to. It looks like it's going to be a pretty easy job installing the hard drive, my question is, Is do I install my old disk and reformat, or do I go from Time Machine, or do I use a super-duper backup? Uh, I mean, there's a ton of ways to get my information back, but what is the easiest? I'd really love to just start fresh and then drag my pertinent files, uh, my documents, my iTunes library over, but I don't know exactly the way to go about doing it. Help? I got a hard drive. Thanks, guys.
0: All right, so there you go. Chris, what's the easiest way, the best way, do you think, to take all the content of your drive, back it up, and then restore it to a new one? Okay, there's,
1: there's two schools of thought here, and he, he actually said something about both of them. If you just want to make an exact copy of your hard drive the way it is, all your applications, all the stuff you've ever done, all your settings, this, that, and the other, what I recommend using is super-duper. Now he'll have to have a way to have that new hard drive, or the old one if he takes it out, connected to the computer at the same time, um, or if he has another Mac, you know, so he's got to find a way to have both those drives mounted in OS X. And uh, the easiest way would be to buy. You can get these really cheap, um, like drive enclosures for for laptop hard drives because he's gonna ha- if if the laptop hard drive is just full. Then it's it's a good idea for him to buy that enclosure and then just make that you know a little pocket drive because those drives are tiny they're you know two and a half inches. Um, so I, I would buy that enclosure, uh, put your um, old hard drive in it, and then what I would do is boot off of your OS ten disk, okay, and then use Disk Utility. or to, uh, to clone the drive, you can do that, that. That's an easy way. The other way to do it is if you just want to move all the movies and, and iTunes and all that kind of stuff that you did, what I would do is you know, have, all that, have that drive hooked up you know, via FireWire or USB or whatever, install Snow Leopard or Leopard or whatever you have on your new hard drive, and in the process of that, you can migrate an old computer over. The, the Mac will see, you know, OS X will, will see that external hard drive from his old computer as just a Mac. It doesn't know that it's just a hard drive all by itself. Right. So you can, you can migrate your data that way. And that, that's only going to copy, like I said, that's only going to copy, your, you know, your, all, the, um, all the good stuff and none of the bad stuff, basically.
0: Cool. All right, so hopefully that helps you out there, Brad. I I really don't have anything to add because I've never replaced a hard drive in my MacBook. I've never gone so bold as to do anything beyond just upgrading from Tiger to to Leopard, and I still have not upgraded from Leopard to Snow Leopard yet. Although as soon here's, as as soon as ScreenFlow becomes available, I will be doing that.
1: <laughs> now, um, he mentioned Super Duper, and and I just want to let people know what that is. SuperDuper is a great tool. Uh, it's free and then there's, you, know, you can pay to get extra features like backup and stuff like that. What SuperDuper does is it creates an exact copy of your hard drive that's bootable. <clears throat> so you can, uh, if you've got an external hard drive, you can, you can create an exact clone of your hard drive and then you can take that hard drive to any Mac Uh, you know, if you have an Intel Mac, as long as you take it to another Intel Mac, or if you have a, you know, a G five, you take it to another G five, you could take that hard drive and plug it into any Mac and boot off of it and it'll be just like your computer at home. Wow.
0: And of course it'd be helpful if that was like firewire.
1: Yeah. You want firewire USB two is going to be too slow.
0: So I hear there's a lot of, uh, standards getting ready to come out, um, soon, some some new uh standards out. I hear something about uh Lightpeak or something and USB yeah. 3.0 and and stuff like yep. that. What, have you thought any have what are your thoughts on any of that stuff?
1: Um I still like FireWire better than USB 2. Um yeah, USB 3 is going to be pretty fast. I think it's going to be 300 and some odd, 350 down. I'm I'm not sure on the spec, but it's going to be, you know, fast. It's going to be backwards compatible with 2 and 1, which will probably cause some confusion because you know that's it's the same port and you plug things in and you expect it to be fast and it's not. Um lightpeak is interesting. Basically what they what Intel and Apple are saying is that you get one port and that one port can do it all. Wow. If you need video it'll do video. If you need sound it'll do sound. If you need high speed it'll do high speed. And basically the way it works is it, it's light. It's like fiber optic. So huh yeah and and what's cool about fiber optic too it's got a long you know copper has a certain distance it can go before it degradates, and light obviously doesn't really degradate that you know it takes a while sure. so your distance is a lot better so the thought would be you could put in theory this really super powerful computer somewhere in your house, run light peak cables throughout your house, and that you know those would be like terminals and stuff that you could plug into, kind of like cat five but whole you know pull- pu- pushing way more data. Yeah. Gigs and gigs and gigs of data.
0: That That's interesting. I'm looking yeah. forward to the day when something like that gets incorporated. And that way, you know, you have one, one cable to rule them all. We're living in the future, Cliff. That's exactly right. All right. So uh, we have one more au- piece of audio feedback. And this is, I believe, an iPhone app. Um, review of the week. I think Chris K is going to try to do this on a consistent basis, so we'll great. see how things go. And here's a great first uh, first entry for an app of the week. Hey, guys. This
3: is Chris K with an app review for Help I Got a Mac. The app I'm reviewing today is called Sportacular. It's a free app, and if you're a sports fan, you would really like this app. It lets you select your favorite teams, and then from the favorite teams, you can get push notifications on score updates for the game. Like you can get you can have it let you know when the game starts, what the final score in the game ends. You can you can get it to send you the final, the score in between periods or when the or for score changes. So every time the score changes, it will send you a push notification letting you know what the new score is. I tested this out Monday night with the Monday night football game and there's a there's a play-by-play feature on this that'll tell you the results of each play. It runs about two plays behind real time, but I figure that if you're somewhere without a TV, you're not going. That's not going to be an issue for you, and you get to keep keep updated with what's going on in the game. Uh, one of the really cool features about this app is is it lets you um, pick who you think is going to win the game, and it keeps track of how you've done on on your picks. And then the other thing you can do after you make a pick, it'll show you, like, what, the, what other users have, have picked on that game, too. So it's broken down in percentages, and then you can view a map of the country, see, if, see who picked what game, the winner of what game, by region. Like, for example, this, um, for the Bengals game this week, it's pretty much say throughout the country, it's like 80, 80% to 20% of people think the Bengals are going to win the game. It's it's a real good app. Like I said, it's free in the App Store. You you can get the Sportacular Pro for a dollar ninety nine, which eliminates the ads, which I did because the ads bother me. And check it out.
0: All right, so there you go, Sportacular for the iPhone.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool because there's definitely times uh, when you're not around a TV or radio, and it takes time to kind of you know go to ESPN and on your on your safari or whatever and and look for the score if this just gets push notifications for the teams and things you care about that's fast looking so your wife don't see you
0: there you go now (laughs) i am not into sports at all but I, i i must say that if i was into sports i love the just some of the things that he was talking about in his review of the app is that you can choose how often or what types of push notifications do you want play by play do you want just an update every quarter? Do you want to know just the final results? I mean, that is pretty. That's pretty awesome, and for a dollar ninety nine, that is amazing. Yeah, definitely. So, very cool. Thank you so much, Chris. And uh, you know, th- there's no pressure or anything like that. But uh, you know, we we do love your suggestion of doing uh, an app review each week, and so. As often as you're able, feel free to send them in, and uh, if anybody else out there wants to leave a review of an app that you really love, uh, whether it be iPhone or even Macintosh related, you know, for your computer, you know, actual for the desktop or laptop, that would be great as well. Absolutely. All right, so let's get to some news, Chris. Um, Snow Leopard chomping down on some files. Yeah, there's uh, quite a few threads on Apple's discussion board
1: describing a problem that's affecting some Snow Leopard users. An issue with guest account features in Snow Leopard appears to be chomping down on user data with extreme prejudice.
0: What does that, uh, me- what it- does
1: that mean? <laughs> it means it, it does it without caring.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, wh- what does the chomping down on files mean? I
1: will tell you in one second.
0: Oh, well, let me shut up. Cnet Mac uh, slash
1: MacFixit first took notice of the issue back in early September, but a second report and a link from 9to5Mac have raised the threat level quite a bit. According to effective users, the guest accounts login wipe, a standard feature intended to prevent guests from leaving files on a machine, is inadvertently clobbering the home directories of non-guest accounts with catastrophic results. Uh, one user writes, "In quote, I haven't used my guest account since upgrading to Snow Leopard, and I accidentally clicked it instead of my user account this morning. To find that when I logged back into my normal account, all my files, settings, mail, etc., have been erased. Apple's nice. made a statement. Yeah, Apple's made a statement saying that they are aware of the bug and has called it extremely rare and are working to fix it in the next release.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Hmm. Now I I have my guest account disabled by default and." If, uh, if, you, if you're if you the only one that uses your computer, which is, you know, no one touches my MacBook Pro yeah. except me, um, you can go into System Preferences, go into Accounts, and um, in there there's a, a, a checkbox to uncheck to enable guest account, and then you won't accidentally have that anymore. There you go. and So, so it only affects those users who use a guest account, which, you know, if you have a, a desktop at home, that's up and running all the time. I could see you, baby, having, you know, your account, your kids, maybe your spouse, and then a guest account for, you know, one of the kids' friends to come in and, and use the Mac if they had to. But, uh, yeah, this is a big problem.
0: Huge problem. And this goes back to when um, Snow Leopard first came out and my whole suggestion that eh, you're probably better off waiting, you know, unless you need something in this new version I, I always try to wait as long as possible before I, I literally feel like I have to upgrade to gain new functionality uh, in in a new program such as like ScreenFlow. So, yeah, you know, and, I, and, and Chris, you're an early adopter. And and I am, you know, and I, just imagine I, how would you feel had you not known about this? And obviously, well, let's just obviously you say you you disable your guest account. But what if it was something else? Well, I I keep backups regularly. Okay. Well, then, see you do that. I don't.
1: I don't. So, yeah. So it's not a big deal. Now, I keep backups on my external hard drive, uh, and it's only client stuff. It's not any of my programs or anything like that. Because, you know, frankly, I can. You know, I have all the licenses on on, for those in email and on Google Docs. I can quickly go back and re-download those. You know, things like Photoshop and stuff. All that. All that account information is at Adobe, so that's not a big deal. But uh, yeah, I could see if I didn't back up, man, it would be detrimental.
0: Yeah, see, I back up all my documents, but I don't back up my programs.
1: Yeah, see, for me, programs and settings, are, aren't a huge deal. Settings aren't a huge deal either, and my mail is all stored on the server on on the cloud. Yeah. Um, you know, I I've thought about maybe getting something like Carbonite or Mosey or something. You know, where you pay like the once a year fee and then. You know, you can you can back your stuff up to the cloud that could because you're really your data is not backed up unless it's in three places. You know, your computer, an external hard drive, and then somewhere outside of where your computer normally is because you know if I had a fire or flood or you know locust infestation or something, um, you know I'll, I'll lose both things. Right <laughs> or theft. So yeah. It, it's just another reason why people should back up their stuff, especially you know critical things like photos. You know, use a use a service like Flickr to, to sync your photos um, from your computer to, to there. Yeah. So. Yep. yep. Back up. Back up your music. Uh, both iPhoto, if you use that, and uh, iTunes offer built in backup that you can back up to DVDs or external hard drives. So it's a good idea to do that.
0: Exactly. Especially with
1: hard drives being so cheap now. I mean, I think they're giving them away in Wheaties now.
0: Are they really? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it. All right. So there's a small but potentially important update that has just uh, shown up in the software update. You want to tell us about this?
1: Yeah. It, the the incredibly uh, named Performance Update 1.0 addresses intermittent hard drive-related stalls reported by a small number of customers It may not show up for you unless you have one of the following Macs. I'm going to read this list real quick, and it does affect me. Uh, MacBook Air that was released in mid-2009. MacBook Pro 17-inch, released in 2009. uh, MacBook Pro 13-inch, mid-2009, which is mine. MacBook Pro 15-inch, 2009. uh, MacBook Pro uh, 2.53, mid-2009. iMac uh, 20-inch, mid-2009. MacBook Pro 17-inch, early-2009. So basically, any of the uh, MacBook Pros, MacBook, um, iMacs that were released early and mid this year, uh, run your software updates if you've got one of those, and uh, the performance update may show up. So
0: nice, updated
1: th- your earliest convenience. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't updated it yet. Um, I saw it come in, but uh, I just we it, it was getting close to showtime, so I didn't want to
0: risk it. Right, and somebody was just had just called in like a, two weeks ago or something like that. With some things they were concerned about their hard drive you know wasn't you know responding like it should or used to, or something, so I don't know Rel- it was, and, Kylie. And was it Kylie, and didn't she I say, think so, and she said she had a relatively new system, so yeah, so run run your software update, yep, see if that helps, yep. All righty, uh, Apple adding FM radio to the iPhone touch or iPod touch or the iPhone question mark.
1: Yeah, yeah, just like the fifth generation iPod Nano that was introduced last month, Apple may may be adding the capability to tune into FM radio stations in the iPhone and iPod touch. Um, a reported nine to five Mac was claiming this. And um, as some, of you, some of you may remember the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth chips that are in the iPhone 3GS and the second and third gen iPod touch models already have the capability to support FM radio tuning. So a lot of people already have this built in. It's, it's just up to Apple to release software to enable it. Now they have in the past not done stuff like that. So it'll be a surprise if they do, at least to me.
0: Do you want FM on your iPhone?
1: No. <laughs> Neither do I. I, I. Now, now the Zune HD, which is made by Microsoft, uh, which I, I actually find kind of compelling. I think it's really cool looking. It's got a neat, beautiful display on it. They, uh, they allow people to use HD radio, which generally you know, has really, really good sound quality. Um, a lot of times it's commercial free mm-hmm. or, or very, very limited. It's more like satellite radio than you know, your traditional FM, but there's generally no disc jockeys or anything. It's it's just music. And sometimes it's it's eclectic mixes. You know, like if you have a rock station in town, it's gonna be uh their H D station should be all alternative rock or or indie rock, you know stuff they wouldn't normally play. So uh the Zune doing not F M radio but H D radio to me sounds more compelling than than getting F M radio on my iPod or iPod Touch or iPhone.
0: Right. Yeah, the the thing for me, I, I think FM, would, you know, having an FM tuner on the iPhone would be interesting if and only if they had the ability to record it. Yeah, but yeah. Even, but even then, I could care less. Exactly, I'm not. A, you know, if it, as far as FM
1: goes, I only listen to FM when I'm listening because the our, our football games here in Cincinnati are broadcast on FM, uh, which is kind of nice. So uh, that's the only time I really listen to an FM station, or I listen to NPR in the car. Um, if I don't have any podcasts or audiobooks to listen to. But really, if I want to listen to like fresh air or or anything like that, um, I can use the uh, NPR app on the iPhone and listen to them, too. So gotcha. I, yeah, I very rarely use FM radio.
0: All right. And then what about the Disney stores? What does Apple have to do with that? Well, Steve's the
1: largest shareholder of Disney. Uh, when When they bought Pixar, Steve became the biggest shareholder at Disney.
0: Steve so, or Apple? Steve. Steve himself. Steve himself. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Steve himself, largest shareholder in Disney. Is that cool? <laughs> That's messed up. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Could you imagine going down to Orlando and, and all of a sudden it's called Steve World? <laughs> You're personally bankrolling Pixar. I mean
1: you know anyway uh new york times has reported about a new project that uh steve's taken on he's now helping disney stores the stores in the mall uh with their retail business uh they you know they're going to use things like easy pay and stuff like that they've also borrowed another page from jobs playbook they've apparently created a prototype store uh, just like apple does with the retail store and i'll talk more about that in a second uh not only to test out what the the store might look like but to give a charge to executives and investors who get a tour um when I worked for Apple, um I was a Mac genius and we went out to California for training for a few weeks and we trained in a building called Banley 8 and it was on Banley Road and it was building number 8. So cuz Apple's campus just isn't at One Infinite Loop. They they have campuses all over Cupertino, like little tiny campuses, you know, a couple buildings here, a couple buildings there. The iPod groups across the street um from One Infinite Loop um on uh, North Dienza Boulevard, you know, things like that. And, uh, in Banley eight, they had an actual full size version of the Apple store in this building, you know, yeah. the outside facades, the windows. Now we couldn't get in because it was blocked, but, uh, the word is, and we didn't see Steve at the time, but the word is that for a while, uh, Steve would be there once a week walking through the store. They block everything off cause him and uh, Ron Johnson, who's VP of retail, and a couple key people working on new layouts and things like that and trying things out in the Apple Store that's built into this building. So it's pretty cool that they do that, and uh, it's pretty cool that they're doing that with Disney, too.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope they—I hope he doesn't screw up the Disney Store like, <laughs> like I care, but like he's done with the recent iteration of the Apple Store, which I despise, by the way.
1: Yeah, man, I, I really like the original Apple Store, the original design with a nice big, beautiful theater in the back, and um, you know the nice shelving. And I, I see now why they're why they're doing it. It, you know, it does feel like a bigger store now. Yeah. And there's a lot of product for people to play with, which really, yeah. when you, when you think about it, it's all about moving product. Uh, the original Apple stores were all about an experience. You know, an area where you want to feel like you can hang out. And really, they've kind of taken that away at the Apple Store, which for me, being an old timer who used to work at the Apple Store, uh, you know, six years ago, um, it's kind of sad.
0: Yeah. and I mean, and also, it doesn't make sense to have shelves of software when most software is going to be downloaded these days. But still, I must say that it, we, we talked about it in the past, but it, it, it does... You know, it, even the even the peripherals. You know, back in the little corner and we're all stuffed back there. It's like, excuse me, can you get out of my way, please? You yeah, know, I experienced that like,
1: the other day. The, the The headphone area and iPod case area in particular gets really crowded.
0: Yeah, it, it it's like one little tiny section, and it's like, oh man. It, at and least, the thing at is, least give us a whole wall or something, you know?
1: Yeah, and the thing is, um, I've worked in retail for a while, and I know that the profit margins on that kind of stuff. Are super high yeah so i don't know why they won't devote more space to it but i guess their margins are super high on their hardware too huh
0: yeah you think yeah but, but uh the the thing for me though is that i really uh you know i like to just browse or used to used to really like to just browse the store to see what products and services or you know products yeah. they had on the shelves and peripherals and 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 cables and connectors and you know little software doohickeys and all this other stuff, and I go in there now and it's just a bunch of computers. Like, well, I already know about Mac OS, and I yeah, really, they've kind of taken that away, haven't they? Yeah, it's like now I don't. I don't. You know, we can go to the Kenwood Mall, and there's very little to no compulsion for me to go and check out the Apple Store.
1: Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> why you got to go to Micro Center. That's right. There you go like the walmart of computer stores man i can get lost in that place or best buy best buy is still good for for perusing yeah yeah
0: yeah well hey everybody we want to say thank you for subscribing to the help i got a mac podcast and of course a special thank you and a shout out goes to you guys who are the gspn.tv plus members you make this podcast happen and that's why a majority of these content of this content is available only to you and uh we just want to say thank you for that What if I got an announcement? Oh, yes. You have an announcement. Go ahead. We still have time? Yes. Go right ahead. You got two minutes.
1: There's a great app for the iPhone that that came out recently called Tweety 2. Yes. Okay. And uh, I downloaded it. And it's awesome. And it's a great uh, new version of Tweety. uh, The Twitter app for the iPhone. And uh, my friends at 8Bits are giving me a couple copies to give away uh, to GSPN uh, members and listeners and all that kind of stuff so um not gonna happen right away i need to wait for an update so he gets a whole new slew of um giveaway coupons but he's gonna give me a handful to give away on our show excellent so that'll be coming probably in a few weeks
0: and i'll tell you what how you get that i would say chris is probably leave us a voicemail feedback with either an app review either for the mac the you know or the iphone Or, if you wouldn't mind, give us some questions, uh, things that we can answer, you know, for the folks who are using the Mac out there. But uh, we would love to hear from you. Our phone number, of course, is area code 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. And what we'll do is we'll choose one person each week with the, you know, most beneficial question out there or or something like that Or, or call or whatever.
1: So I'll let people know uh, at the beginning of the show uh, in the next few weeks or so. So be listening every week to find out we you know when we're going to give this away because we're not going to announce it any other time than on the show.
0: Is Twitty Two as much ha Is it as much? Is it a must-have app as much as the first one was? If uh, you already have th- the first, uh, yeah, I think there's
1: enough new cool features and tweaks and stuff that. Um, yeah, I think so. And and it's got a really cool like geolocation thing. You hit a map and it's got like a sweeping like s- like sonar arm and you can see all the tweets around you and I found out there's some guy tweeting like two streets over in my neighborhood, which not necessary but kind of cool.
0: Very cool. Well, everybody, anyway, everybody, thank you so much until next time. Tell somebody else about help. i got a mac.com. We'll talk to you later. See ya.